Welcome to Finish Well Radio, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Finish Well Radio. I'm so excited that you're with us tonight. And we are going to talk about how to raise a God's girl. And so this is so near and dear to my heart because I have four lovely, wonderful, godly daughters. And they became God's girls because God is so good and kind. And he just poured out his grace over all of my mistakes. And I have an amazing husband. But I just want to share with you some of the things that I have done purposefully to impart into my daughter's life and a heart after God. And again, I just say, please, please, please know that I am so flawed and don't feel like I have all the answers. And God has been so merciful and gracious to me. But I do want to share with you some of the things that have been effective because you can do them too. And to start with, if you're going to raise a God's girl, I would suggest that you pray and fast because God hears our prayers, but we are living in desperate times. And the devil is definitely after our children. And so if we're going to be effective in raising God's girls and God's guys, then we need to really seek the heart of God. But I just want to, first of all, say what on earth is a God's girl? I love that nickname and I call my girls God's girls. I have a little Bible study series that I call God's girls. I just love it. It just means a woman after God's own heart that says, Lord, It's your will, not mine. It's your dreams, not my dreams. I'm following hard after you. And that's a God's girl, and that's my goal for my daughters. And that in any role that God puts them, they're going to be joyful and successful. So if God calls them to be a wife and a mother, they're going to be so filled with joy at staying home and raising their children. If God calls them to be a single missionary, They're going to be filled with joy in that, too. So anyway, let's just start by asking, well, why did God make women? Did he just make women? Because he thought, well, that would be fun, you know, to have some guy people and to have some girl people. I don't think so. I think God made women because we reflect the image of God in a unique way, just as men reflect the image of God in a unique way. Now, I realize that we both in many ways reflect the image of God in the same way. But there are certain things about womanhood, about being a woman that are different from being a man. And one of the things, if you just look at a woman's body, and there are those wide hips, you know, childbearing hips, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So God made our bodies different. God made women to be able to bear children. And he gave us those nice, wild, childbearing hips. And he gave us bodies that are able to cocoon a life and sustain it. And then when babies are born, we're able to nourish our babies with mommy milk. And so it's just amazing the way our bodies are made. But you know what? 
that is just the physical realm. In the spiritual, that is like almost like an outward sign of something that's inside of us because God, in such a unique way, women are able to bring forth life. Now, I don't mean that in a prideful way, but we just bring life where we go, you know? Have you ever gone to a college dorm and gone to the men's rooms and the girls' rooms and, you know, the guys' rooms? Yeah, they're okay if they're clean, but the girls' rooms, they're all full, you know, little posters and um, everything is matched and they're such happy, joyful places. Well, you know, God just gave us this ability to create beauty and to bring life and to encourage men and women and children and to believe in them. And we're so relational and nurturing. And even introverts are relational. Women who are introverted, they're still so relational and nurturing. And they invest in people the way Jesus did. And so we reflect the image of God in a unique way. We don't have to be like men. God made men and God made women and there are things where we're alike, but there's a lot of things we're different and we can just enjoy our differences. We're not in competition with men. We are unique in our role in the earth. And I love that. I love that about God because I feel like, yeah, the husbands are the head of the home. True. But wow, I would so much rather have babies. What an amazing privilege to bring forth life. So anyway, as we talk about God's heart, we realize that first of all, that we reflect the image of God. Second of all, that a daughter is a gift. She is a heritage. She is a reward. And one of the things that always bothered me so much was I would hear about China and how when they passed this abortion law where they would kill babies after you got pregnant with the first baby, they would kill the next babies and women were not allowed to get pregnant um, after one. And if they had a girl, they would want to get rid of it and have, they just wanted boy babies. And I thought, well, I don't think they know their biology because they're not going to keep reproducing seeing as a nation if they just have boy babies but I was wondering why are they like that and then I was reading this book called The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck and it's so amazing because it talks about the Chinese culture and did you know that in Chinese culture that when you have a daughter you feel you sense that you are raising this daughter for another household and when she gets married she leaves your household and she goes and joins her husband's household and becomes part of his household. Now that's so foreign to American culture because I know my mom used to say a daughter's a daughter all of her life a son is a son until he takes a wife now not all sons say bye mom and dad and they never see him again but daughters in our culture are so close to their parents for the most part not all so that Chinese culture thing was really hard for me and so I realized that because the daughter left them that they saw her as belonging to her future husband's household. And so they did not view her as a permanent part of their household. And this caused them to value sons more than daughters. So I hope that makes sense. Anyway, why is she sharing that, you're asking? What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Well, China, you know. The thing is that what I'm trying to say is your daughter 
is precious to you. And the Chinese have it all wrong because a daughter is a daughter all of her life. And daughters need their moms especially and their dads for all of their life, as long as parents are alive. And you talk to any woman who has lost her mom and she will cry. And she will tell you that, she, well, I mean, some, you know, maybe there's some dysfunctional, but so many women are so missing their mom when she's gone. And so I just want you to know moms, single dads, you too, but moms, you're going to have an, a unique role in your daughter's life to raise her up to be a God's girl. And I know that I never met my grandmother's mother, but I felt like I knew her because my grandmother loved her so much and she would talk about her and she passed down some of her recipes to me that I still make and I have some of her teacups and my grandmother's mother, though I never met her, she is precious to me because she was precious to my grandmother and my grandmother and my mother are so precious to me and I'm so grateful for all they have poured into my life and the life of my children because they taught me how to love people, how to show hospitality, how to care for my home, my children, my husband and I'm just so, so grateful for them. And you can be that kind of mom that maybe your great-grandchild or great-great-grandchild will have never met you but they've heard about you and your testimony and how you helped to raise their grandmother or great-grandmother to be a God's girl. And then they in turn raised their daughter and they in turn raised their daughter. And now this little girl is being raised to be a God's girl. So isn't that beautiful? Like we, we just pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. So let's start with what is God esteem? I told you that we uniquely reflect the image of God and that children and daughters especially are heritage and a reward from him. So my favorite passages to look at when I think about what God esteems is Titus 2, Proverbs 31, and 1 Peter 3. Now there's a lot of other passages addressed to women and especially a lot of godly heroes like Esther and Ruth and Hannah, but I'm just talking about a couple of these passages. You know, Titus 2 talks to older women and says, hey, older women, you need to teach the younger women how to love their husbands and children, how to be busy at home, how to be self-controlled and kind and all of these things. But first, ladies, you need to be self-controlled. You can't be addicted to anything and you have to teach what is good. So moms, let's teach what is good. Let's be positive and a blessing and let's let the focus be on teaching our children to love. We want to teach our daughters to love God. We want to teach our daughters to love their parents, to love their future children and future husband and to love their friends and their brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, so much of what we teach is all about love. And then Proverbs 30 Wow, that woman is amazing. And she not only manages her household, and I'm so amazed she has servants, which is super cool, but I know not politically correct. I think our servants today are like dishwashers and, you know, 
electric irons and stoves and refrigerators and things like that. But um, but in my house, my husband fixes all those things. But then, so she does all these amazing things. She sews, she gets clothes and food for her family. But then she also has some kind of home business where she takes things to the merchants in the town and sells them there and then comes home. And she makes so much money, she's able to buy a vineyard. So she's pretty super cool. And she always has wisdom and she's always kind. And so there's our role model. Like there's this Renaissance woman who can, you know, butcher a cow and cook it and then sell the bacon downtown. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you, you kind of get the feeling of this woman who is a gifted woman. She is talented. She is uh, educated. She is, she knows business. She knows home management. She knows how to work with people, how to manage people. And so that's a broad range of things. Now in our culture today, of course, most of my girls, in fact, all my girls went to college and they got a, a bachelor's degree and one of them went on and got a master's degree and the other one is working on a master's degree. But one of the things about them is that my daughters all, when they were considering their careers, they would think about, well, when I get married and have a family, how can I bring that career home with me? And all of them thought about that. And all of them have a plan to be able to use some of their skills to be able to, if if they ever need to, to bring in extra money to the family. But I don't think that education and training stops with a college degree or a homeschool education through high school. It It's, you know, I love homeschooling because I feel like I can educate my whole daughter, not just part of her. I can educate her spiritually and emotionally and intellectually and physically, teach her to work out, teach her to um, eat well, teach her to enjoy music and cultivate gifts in music and art and teach her to build strong friendships and healthy relationships. So, and I'm going to talk more about that later, you know, but I just, I just want you to think in terms of the whole person. It's not just giving our daughters marketable skills in case they don't get married. It's about cultivating all that God has put in them as a deposit. So we're just pulling out from them all these amazing gifts and strengths that God has given them. And we're sowing into them wisdom and knowledge and understanding that is in line with the word of God. And so that is such a joyful, wonderful privilege. I just love it. And remember that the essence of femininity is to bring forth life in the body in the emotional realm, in the physical realm, we bring forth life wherever we go. And that is such a beautiful way to reflect the image of God. One of the things that I love to tell my daughters about is godly heroes. And what kind of women do does God esteem? And when I think of, I think of married women heroes and single women heroes. So when I think of married women, I think of Susanna Wesley and Edith Schaefer. Those are two of my all-time heroes. 
besides my mom and grandmother. And um, Susanna Wesley had a slew of children. And she would, when she had her time with the Lord at prayer and Bible reading, she would literally pull her outer skirts up over her head so she could have some privacy. Now, have you guys thought about that? <laughs> not, not to be immodest because they had so many layers of clothing. She could do that. And then another thing is that she would teach all of her children to read on their sixth birthday. Now, I have five kids and I taught all of them to read and it took me about two years each kid. So this woman in one day teaches her children to read. And that just amazes me. So she is really a hero in my book. And then another one is Edith Schaefer, who devoted herself to her husband and her children, um, moving from America to Switzerland. And there she was. And she and her husband opened their home, opened their hearts. And so many people got saved. So many people were set free from unbiblical humanist worldviews that had had led them into darkness and drug abuse and all kinds of things. And she just had amazing impact on Christians, but on people coming into the kingdom. And I just really, really appreciate her. And and she did all of it with grace and poise and dignity. Like, I always think, oh, I wish I could have tea with her. She would have been such a blessing to just sit and visit with and learn from. And so I give my children heroes like that and then I also give them single woman heroes like what about Amy Carmichael who desperately wanted to have blue eyes but the Lord gave her brown and even though she prayed her eyes stayed brown and what happened with those brown eyes she was able to rescue temple prostitutes from Hindu temples in India and take those children out of a life of Wow, talk about the sex trade. Take them out of that horrible life and bring them into a life of joy and peace with Jesus Christ in her home. She had so many orphans that lived with her and that called her mama. And then there's Mary, the sister of Lazarus. And it doesn't seem to that she is married, but she was a worshiper and a learner at Jesus' feet. What about Elizabeth Elliot, who started out married, but very quickly found herself a single mom? And she goes to the tribe that killed her husband and ministers the gospel to them. These are women to be commended and admired and respected. Wow. You know, I want to give my children especially my daughter's heroes that are worth emulating. And I want them to have heroes that are the kind of women that God esteems. Not what the world is telling us right now makes a good woman. You know what? I don't want my children, my daughters, to be anything like the world. I want them to be like Jesus. Well, I want to take a break right now and we're going to listen to a word from our sponsor and then we will be right back and we're going to talk about imparting vision and hands-on learning in how to raise a God's girl. The God's Girl series was created for young women from 12 to late 20s. If you find yourself in that age bracket, navigating exciting paths and making choices that will impact you for the rest of your life, stop a minute and draw close to the Lord. You can use God's Girls Bible Studies to unlock treasures in God's Word that will speak to the issues you face every day. 
Each Bible study introduces you to other young women who share their heart with you at the beginning of each lesson. God's Girls Beauty Secrets, God's Girls Friends to the End, and God's Girls Talk About Guys, Virtue, and Marriage are just three of the titles available. Remember, God's Girl, you are loved by Jesus, and He has amazing plans for your life. You can purchase God's Girls Bible Studies at Amazon.com and PowerlineProd.com. Powerline Productions, being world changers, raising world changers. You've been listening to Finish Well Radio on the Ultimate Radio Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Welcome back. I'm so excited that we're talking about how to raise a God's girl. I love my daughters, and they are just so amazing. And sometimes I hear them speak, and I am just blown away by how much wisdom they have. And, you know, now I think, when I grow up, I want to be like my daughters. They're so awesome. So I'm really grateful for the daughters God has given me. And one thing that I did from a very early age is I gave them a vision for biblical womanhood. And I told them, you know, don't listen to the world. Listen to what the Word of God says because God loves you. You're made in His image. You uniquely reflect His image as a woman. And He has awesome plans for you. And yes... Not every person in the world, in fact, very few people in the world will follow God's ways. But you do it and you will walk in his blessing. And so I always, when they were young, I always taught them about God's vision for biblical womanhood. We memorized passages about womanhood. Um, I made little scripture books when they were still little girls. And I would cut pictures out of magazines. This is back way, way. I'm 57. So this is back in the 80s when they still had the magnetic albums, you know. And I would put the pictures in and they would write, put, write the verse. And then they would look through. So they, I did First Peter 3. I did Titus 2. I did Proverbs 31 and other passages. And then, you know, they would look, um, she, she laughs at the days to come and there'd be a picture of a girl laughing. That's from Proverbs 31. And so as I was making these books and just trying to hear the verse and think, well, what picture would match with this? It caused me to spend so much time meditating on these passages about womanhood. And I was just blown away by how deeply embedded those passages got into my spirit. And so when my girls got into high school and I was doing character classes with them or life skills classes, with them. That was one of their assignments was to create these scripture books for other young girls. And it gave them a vision for biblical womanhood. Another thing that is important is to give your daughters a vision for purity, for modesty, submission, and respect for authority. So I'm going to touch on each one. The first one is purity. I want my children to have a vision. My sons too. But as you know, my daughters, we're talking about raising a God's girl to have a vision for purity. So I want my daughters to value what God values and God values purity. 
purity of heart, purity of mind, purity of body. And so that my daughters don't think, oh, I'm just saving my purity for my husband. No, they are. They are doing that. They're saving their purity for their husband. But they are living pure lives for the Lord all the days of their life. So when they're married, they're not going to be daydreaming about some other man, but their lives are set on Jesus and their hearts are after him. Now, another thing is modesty. And again, we are modest for Jesus. Yes, we do want to honor our brothers in the Lord and not cause them to stumble. But we're modest for Jesus because he's given us private parts that are to be clothed and covered, and we want to cover those parts. And we want to dress in a way that reflects Jesus, doesn't draw attention to ourselves, but says to others, oh, I see you. I'm so glad to see you. And it, and they, they're not a distraction to who we really are. Also, submission. Submission is a beautiful thing in a woman. I know it is so not popular right now. And I'm sorry, but it's in the Bible. And respect for authority, it's in the Bible. In fact, respect for authority and submission isn't just for girls, it's for guys too. But especially when women become wives, they need to be submissive to their husband. And they learn that by being submissive to their moms and dads. And so, and respectful to their moms or dads. And I remember when my children were little, the girls and the boys that always say, you know, I'm not going to allow you to be disrespectful to me or sass me because the Bible says, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on earth. And I want my children to enjoy long life on earth. So it's loving for me to require them to be respectful. Does that make sense? Is everyone following me there? So I want to teach my children that submission is a heart attitude. It's it's not outward obedience. So outward obedience would be, this is what dad says, and I'm going to do it because if I don't do it, I'll get in trouble. Submission goes past that, and it says, this is what dad wants, so I'm going to find a way to do it because I want to be a blessing to my dad. And if this is what he wants, then I'm going to try to do it. And there, it's very, it's very different. It can look the same on the outside, but the heart is so different, so different. When girls manipulate their dads, when women manipulate their husbands, when they become controlling and they stomp and I'm going to have my way and throw a temper tantrum, that's not a submissive heart. And so we want to cultivate a submissive heart in our daughters. In raising a God's girl, I have tried to give my children a lot of hands-on learning. Now, my husband is a pastor, so we have the privilege of being surrounded by so many needs. And that's a blessing because our children help us minister. And so they're able to be in support roles. They're able to end up at a very young age, get to go witnessing all of my daughters have mentored younger women in, in the high school years, and they learn to lead Bible studies. They learn to lead events. They learn to do all kinds of things that allow them to serve others and to be trained in ministry and in just friendship and, and healthy relationships. So that's such a blessing because 
as you mentor someone who's younger than you, it cultivates in you a real maternal heart, and that benefits you in the long run for all of all of life. And then I encourage my daughters and help them to learn how to do this, to have wholesome friendships with guys and wholesome friendship with girls, because I want them to be so loving and have such great friendships that I really believe with all my heart that dating doesn't prepare people for marriage, but wholesome friendships do. If you learn how to be friends with a guy and and respect him and encourage him and build him up in the Lord, you're going to be a great wife. If you spend all your time flirting and trying to get guys attention those aren't things that make a great marriage so there comes a time when our daughters do court or date with a purpose whatever they would do but it all is after years of learning to be just friends with guys our daughters don't date or court in high school they don't start entering into those kind of relationships until they're ready to get married Okay, the awkward transition into womanhood. Okay, some of you are listening and you have a preteen and you woke up one morning about maybe four to seven months ago and you said, ah, what happened to my daughter? Where is she? And who is this emotional wreck that's taken her place? And then I'm going to remind you that you did the same thing to your mama many years ago. But our kids just go through that. I call it the awkward time, the squirrely years. But you know, it's it's really hormonal. And I don't like to blame everything on hormones. But this you really can't blame on hormones. Because these hormones at puberty, they come rushing in. And there are so many of them. And one minute you feel like crying and one minute you feel like screaming. And It is really hard on our girls. So in my house, it happened to all of my four daughters, and it lasted about a year. And we just muddled through and you know I encouraged them I said this is this is because of hormones now Jesus can still help you to be self-controlled and cheerful even when your hormones are raging but it will be more of a challenge and I will give you so much grace and love you and encourage you but here's the exciting thing you are becoming a woman and that is such a great privilege and I'm so happy for you and make those moments pleasant ones getting their first bra, having their first period, all of that should feel like, wow, I'm a woman now. This is so exciting. Don't let your girls feel ashamed or don't let them feel like somehow being a woman is like um, lesser than being a kid or being a guy. I just, I think it's really important that we really let our daughters know how special it is to be a woman. And then, of course, I talked about the scripture books they make, and that's another hands-on learning thing. Um, Classic books, we read tons and tons of classic books. And by classic, I mean before 1960. In the 1960s, books started becoming more humanistic, more postmodern, feminist, let's rewrite history, all of that stuff. So before the 60s, I mean, a lot of books were humanist and things like that, but there was still sort of a general Christian worldview. And women were esteemed, and homemakers were esteemed, and moms were esteemed, and women were treated like ladies. And so I want my daughter 
daughters to appreciate who they are and, and value womanhood and godly womanhood. So we read older books and we read a lot of them and Little Women and The Little Princess and The Secret Garden and the Jane Austen books and all of those. Now, I'm not saying I'm just raising my girls so that they can catch a man and be a homemaker. No, 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 no. I want my girls to live thrilling, adventurous, sold-out lives for Jesus. That may take them on the mission field. That may take them traveling. That may take them teaching in an inner city. But I want my girls to love Jesus. And I want my girls to be educated and thrilled and grow and cultivate their strengths and all those things. But I also want them to realize this, that all of those strengths fit so nicely and perfectly into God's plan for womanhood. We don't have to be like the world and we definitely don't have to be like men. And finally, I do special classes when my girls are in high school. I have seven I call them character or life skills classes, and they're the God's Girls classes. And so there's God's Girls Grow in Christ, God's Girls Virtuous Womanhood, God's Girls Courtship Marriage in the Christian Family, God's Girls Motherhood, God's Girls Homemaking, God's Girls Friendship Celebrations and Hospitality, and God's Girls How to Homeschool. So my girls go through those courses starting in eighth grade and all the way through high school. And a lot of their friends have gone through these courses, too, because they saw good fruit in my daughter's lives. And so they were like, well, we want to go through this course. And so what were these courses that I created? Well, first of all, I had them read in these courses books that had changed my life. And they just gave me such a great excitement about being a woman, about being a mother or preparing for marriage. And so I had them read those books. And then they did some Bible studies. They had mentoring time with mom where we would discuss all that we were learning and we would pray together. Also, there were assignments, hands-on assignments, like create a video about how to have a quiet time for the Grow in Christ one or interview a woman who has been used by God in a mighty way for the virtuous womanhood class or be a mother's helper for the motherhood class once a month and, you know, a mother of young children and go over there and help that mother out and be a blessing. And so on and on, there are all these practical assignments. And I have to admit, we had so much fun doing the the homemaking class. We did cake decorating. We made wreaths. We sorted laundry together because, of course, they had to learn to do laundry for homemaking class and we cooked and we sewed and we just did all kinds of really fun stuff so we did a lot of hands-on stuff and we also prayed and of course I mentioned the mentoring um some in many of the classes they created those little scripture books they memorized scripture and I want to tell you I see the fruit of these classes in my daughter's They are amazing, and they're not perfect women, but they are just so loving, and they have such good fruit in their lives. They have so much wisdom, and even my my single daughters, I'll see them giving godly advice to married women, and married women who are 20 years older than them will come and say, I'm so grateful for your daughter. She shared this wisdom with me, and it's really changed my life, and so anyway, I'm just... 
I just want to tell you, take the time, invest in your daughters. You can raise a God's girl and pray and fast and and ask the Lord to keep their hearts set on him. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me. I had such a good time with you, and I look forward to two weeks from now for our next radio show. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Radio with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.